0: Here we are again, Lead Wisco with Ryan Kibbe. We talk about leadership and faith again. We are always learning and hearing more stories, aren't we? Yes,
1: and always coming out of it with something to chew on, a homework assignment, yeah. a takeaway. Yeah.
0: So today's guest, uh, is a special friend, and really in a lot of ways a mentor. So. You could actually probably find a lot about me, Ryan, if you wanted to. So I really don't care. This but is
1: going to be juicy.
0: His uh, his backdrop is here's the beautiful part. Uh, he was a high school football coach at my high school, and so he has stories. He has stories, <laughs> yes. but he's not one of those guys. That's what's interesting. Didn't go to seminary. Didn't go to the track that you think most pastors go through. He went through, I would call the Godwin, that God kind of in his story, in his even where he grew up, how he grew up, all that stuff made him who he is. And uh, he he discipled me. I would say he, he was the one who poured in my life. So uh, he's been in youth ministry, gosh, as long as I've known him, still today. And I think he's almost 100 years old. But um, I'll always mess with him that way. But anyway, I just want to probably bring him out here so he can – chew it up with you me. You realize too. what you just did? Oh, I know. I you, started the war. I
1: know. The war begins, and now I'm going to load him up and ask for cheap shots to you take can, it, you. You can. Okay.
0: Well, I love this guy. Um, he served at Willow Creek for quite a long time a youth ministry, um, involved with leaders around the country and around that world for that matters. Travel traveled around the world and spoke. Um, man, without further ado, Bo, Bo Shears, welcome to Lead Wisco. Uh,
2: thanks, you guys. Bo, appreciate Bo it. Bo, all right, hey Troy, good seeing you, buddy.
0: Yeah, always. Well, Bo, we're gonna get started just by first of all. I think it'd be great when I introduce you. Often people go; they have this really disturbed way they say his name, Bobo, Bobo, Bo, sure. Bo. Sure. They don't have; they have no idea. Um, I, I know it's his nickname. Is is there a reason that because you have brothers and sisters? But are you the only one called Bo?
2: Yes. Uh, My dad was known by Bo. So very early on from sports, Bo Shears, so the coach would always say, started calling me Bo. And that's kind of just ran with it from then from high school on.
0: So tell us where you grew up, um, as much detail as you want, but uh, and then you got into college and then really how you kind of found, or God found you in the midst of that journey.
2: Yeah, it's a pretty amazing story of redemption and grace uh, but grew up in um california in santa monica and um from a divorced home so my mom once they divorced my father moved to california got remarried there and divorced again actually Uh, but in that time we grew up in santa monica have two brothers older brothers two older sisters so i'm the youngest and from yeah from there just again sports was my love the desire to at a very early age to really to be a Division One football coach that was the plan. That's the only thing I had at that time really to keep me. Whatever true north was at that time of my life, it was sports. So went that route. Uh, End up um, playing football at Pacific University. Uh, all this all during this time. I'm not a Christ follower. Uh, really just a survivor, if you put it that way. Yeah. And but loving it. And then graduated from Pacific, Came back started coaching football, head football coach at several high schools. And then at that point uh, was when I became a Christ Christfrailer was, was um, 27 years old. And that just, I really did have those one of those conversions that radically changed my life. I mean, it was, you know, yeah. when they talk upside down, it was an upside down conversion for me. And that led me down the path. always loved, uh, again, coaching and uh, high school students and that, I really remember the day in Sunland Valley, uh, going up on the cross-country mountain uh, where we coached, kind of surrendered my life at that point, said, God, if you can use me. Mm -hmm. uh, And that led me into student ministry. Been in student ministry, never want to leave and never had any desire to.
0: So you grew up in Santa Monica. He was, I want to say, uh, you were a minority on your team, um, your high school team, I think, a running back um who is pretty fast at the time yeah but i want to go back pacifica or pacific universities up in oregon correct bo it's That's right. up in, yeah it's mm-hmm. up in oregon and so who was it that kind of introduced you to christ was was it a life that kind of impressed upon you cuz somehow it caught your attention who was that
2: you know i try i don't know if i could pinpoint like say one person you know how god uses many people but it was in the coaching world mm. one of my coaches was a christ follower uh he never really shared the gospel but his lifestyle i knew mm. that he was i would use the term religious guy religious yeah. coach uh, but he had a, a tremendous influence um and and then when i went away to school I, again um, ironically my girlfriend at that time now my wife uh, bought me a bible It's crazy as it sounds. Wow. Yeah, I need to ask why she did that, but that's when I went into school, and I actually started reading that. I mean, I really, it, it was a the living Bible, you know, so the translation. Wow. So I started reading that. That sparked my interest, but again, all during that time, when I'm not a Christ follower. I come back, um, end up getting a job actually as an athletic director out in a brand new school out in the valley, and it was the pastor there who invited me to church, mm. um, and was led pastor, um, uh, uh, just led, did what he did. He shared Christ with me. And I came a Christian right there in Burbank, California. And that radically changed my life.
0: Wow. Do you remember what you read in the Bible? Were you reading like Leviticus or something?
2: I think the most thing was Deuteronomy. I think it was the one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or numbers. Yeah. Chew,
1: chewing on yeah. Leviticus is, is interesting. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. yeah well, this is obviously talking about leadership. And so uh, you said something pretty quickly. So your high school sweetheart is your wife, Gloria, who I know very well, but talk a little bit about your family. Um, You've been married for how long? Just give us Um, a little bit of backdrop for our watchers and listeners.
2: Yep. I've been married to a wonderful woman. Again, my high school sweetheart, pretty amazing story there uh, for 42 years. So I have three sons and a daughter and waiting for our Second grandchild right now, little little girl coming here any day now. So I have a wonderful family. Um, God's been good there. uh, Yeah,
0: that's good. Well, give us—we're talking about leadership. So Bo, you've been around a lot of leaders because what you do now is Lead Two Twenty Two. Maybe give the listeners a little bit about what Lead Two Twenty Two is, and what you're noticing about leadership. Like, what are some of the lessons you're learning about good leaders? leaders that are needed today, leaders in ministry, even outside of ministry?
2: Well, you know, Troy, what, you know, even as you mentioned, you know, I ran through my story quickly, there was always a desire of being a coach. I, I really did love at that time, obviously high school football guys, mm-hmm. but I, there was a, always an interest there. And so then when you play my story, I become a prize follower, that passion of the generation is still there. Um, and then that led me into student ministry. When I became a Christ follower at that point, I started a, a youth ministry I you're very familiar with in yeah. um, California that God really blessed. And so there was really always a passion there um, to, to reach the generation. And a lot of that had to do with my own background of just having no direction. I think the, the desire, knowing that at a young age, if you can change the heart and mind of this young person I mean, it changes the whole direction of their life, and it's you know to give them some type of counsel, which I never had.
0: Yeah.
2: And so there was a real desire to do that, a real heart and passion that you know I can only say came from the Lord. And you guys, I know we use this word; it, it's a, it's a, it's a strange word to say. God called me into ministry. Mm-hmm. And we try to define what that means; it's pretty yeah. difficult. But. I can truly say I have a testimony that I feel God called me in that direction, said, I'll use your life, take your passion that you have for coaching, and eventually what it ended up doing is I'm going to have you coach a different way. Yeah. And that was going to be it, the input um, you know, truth of Jesus in the hearts of the generation. And that was right who I was at. I mean, he didn't change. I'm a coach. I've always been a coach. And so it took those same skills of really – Investing in a a young generation, but now having the greatest message ever—far greater than scoring a touchdown. I mean, we're talking eternity. Was just—it was just everything I wanted to make a difference. And so, you know, started student ministry from California, eventually to Willow Creek, which was an amazing experience at Willow. I don't know how many people are aware aware of that situation. There's a lot of um, talk with far as the head pastor there, but uh, Pastor Bill Heibel's was probably one of the, you know, top four men mm-hmm. in my life that invested in me. Yeah. Unbelievable leader for yeah. me. Yeah. And so during that Willow time, I ran Willow, fantastic ministry, God's blessing on that. One of the largest ministries in the country. We had one of the largest conferences that led, led to what was called the Willow Creek Association, which was thousands of churches around the world. That uh, again, I got to, uh, Direct and coach and yeah. help with you know student ministry, but then that led Troy. I remember I was on the plane coming back uh, from a trip and just you know asking God, what do you want to do with me? And and what was interesting when I would travel and talk to these men and women and these guys and girls love the Lord. So I mean they're in student ministry, man. They're trying to do the best they can. I'd go out there and do some type of training. Um, eventually that evening we'd sit down and I would simply ask them this question. It really was just, and they trust me a little bit at that time, it would just be, you know, it'd be like, hey, Ryan, how you doing really? Mm-hmm. And that question God used to open the lives of these youth leaders. And what I started hearing was um, some very difficult stories. Yeah. Of um, these guys and girls um, that needed coaching, needed assistance. And so I remember praying, Lord, if you can use me in that, uh, I. I'm available, and so that's when I transitioned out of the ministry that I really loved. Started Lead Two Twenty Two, which is my life verse of Second Timothy Two Two, uh, which we're all about doing just what I wanted to help with—that was coaching. We use the word coaching and mentoring uh, in the lives of youth leaders around the country.
1: So, what about you know the leaders and and kind of you know you? I love your vision. So, kind of how do you execute that vision with? with your team and, and obviously, you know, what, what, what are you finding challenging in today's ministry era? Cause there's a lot of challenges today that maybe you didn't have even a few years ago.
2: Yeah. You know, Ryan, you know, the question of you know, student culture is always changing so you have to stay up with it. So obviously things with ministry strategies needs to be adjusted and any good leader knows that you're always adjusting, but something that never changes, is the target audience right. in other words still a young person and that young person still goes through regardless what year it is yeah. still faces very similar problems and so when you when you direct that back up to the youth pastor what i found in that question how are you doing really they were having those same issues again of really needing someone to counsel them to open up their hearts so i found that the the that's why again Lee 222 we use the phrase ryan uh, healthy leaders, healthy family, healthy ministry. And I really believe if leaders become healthy, we especially the ones that are investing in this generation, and it's not, you know, the phrase I always use, you know, this is a, the church of, you know, the idea that, that you students now, it's not the church, you know, and they're not for the church future, mm-hmm. they're the church now. You know, I would really say that if we invest in these young people at age, their whole life, obviously they're gonna invest in the kingdom. And so we use Healthy Leader, if I can get youth pastors to be healthy, they're going to model that health to young people. Mm-hmm. So the reason we involve healthy families, we all know, I'm married, I'm like Troy Ryan, right? I'm not sure if you're married or not, but, but we all know the importance is, as things go in the home, I mean they're going to affect everything you do. And so again we really focus on what we call it again coming from a sports background, we use the phrase home field advantage that we really lean into parents and say you've got a home field in your home advantage at this young age you need to take you need to use and be strategic with that. So we help leaders understand how to take home field advantage of their family. And then I really believe if you take care of those two and that you end it ends up obviously affecting the ministry.
1: So um, can I follow up with that? So you, you know you're you're coaching coaches and and building teams. My question is, uh, we had this little thing called the pandemic. Have you heard of it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, mean, but... I just, just wanted to clarify. But, no, uh, since March of last year, really, to 2020 to now, our whole world has been different here in the U.S. My, I guess my, my follow-up question, to that is, uh, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? How are you leading through that? We have so many. We've endured a, a, a very interesting political season. We've had, obviously, We've Troy and I have been delving into – uh, racial reconstruction that we've been talking about on this this podcast. What are some of the challenges you're facing and more importantly, what are the solutions that you're finding that that God is giving you to help minister in this really crazy year that we've had.
2: You know, Ryan, we did a lot of work in that actually with the with about we have about 150 150 youth pastors that is in our community. Wow. And really, you know, during this time, all of them having mentors we really listened, as you know, mentors, one of the best gift is listen, ask good questions. Mm-hmm. And so we were doing that during this pandemic time. And really what we found is all the leaders had to, had to pivot somehow in their ministry. Yeah. They had to, what is the new normal? Right. And so they had to adjust, not being able to meet with students, all the things we know we've gone through. And what we started seeing is with this intentionality to try to do something new, in this time, it really brought on more of a sense of responsibility. So leaders started getting really tired. They had to do some new things. They had to go to Zoom like we're doing now. They had to try creative ways to get students involved. And they're at home. You know, they're at home now where they normally wouldn't be. So you got kids and dogs and all the adjustment that they're trying to make with their wives or husband. And so leaders were really trying to take advantage the best they could. But we found it was really wearing them out. Uh, trying to be creative, so we really intentionally started saying, "Hey, let's slow down and make sure your spiritual disciplines." So our coaching really leaned into, "You've got to be disciplined. You've got to readjust and pivot your spiritual disciplines in this new environment, and then you've got to take a breath and realize that your involvement, in students, it's gonna, it's gonna work its way out. You just have to do as much as you can, but not overplay it."
0: So Bo there's again I could talk story after story there's and I think we're getting into a little bit about what these leaders need but let's distill it even down further like let's talk about what do you think are some key essentials for a great leader? Now I'm going to preface this question by telling just a story about Bo. The the first one of the first things he invited me to was this uh, youth meeting. I think it was called "Come and Enjoy," which I kind of joke <laughs> about. Is like, well, the worst titles for some youth. You'd never name anything like that today, right? Come and enjoy. Yeah. It's like what? It was creative
2: at the time.
0: Yeah, it was. Um, but I remember it was a rented Lutheran High School. Um, we were in a classroom. There was no youth posters. There was no youth band. There was no music to walk into. Basically, we walked in a classroom. But at that time was coaching, so he had those nice polyester shorts that had pockets on them and then high white socks, and I remember he just sharing uh, about what if God's called us into to do ministry together, and it's such a click, but the reason I'm saying this is I've always known you, your secret sauce, some leaders are like their answer people or their great expositors or their strategy people. It's Bo's like, secret sauce is passion. He brings a passion, and, and it's like that halftime coach, kind of, you can do this, you can do this. And mm-hmm. so I would say that you, you exude passion, which has kept you, I think, in the forefront of so many things. Not that you're not strategic, not that you're not smart or wise or all those things, but it feels like that's kind of your secret sauce. Um, I'm wondering – are there a couple of those you're noticing with great leaders today that you think they need to have
2: well you know you know one of the things i'd put like you mentioned was passion I, there's such a uh, we know this if you if you can figure out your spiritual gifts who you are and you can find something you love to do versus what you can do mm-hmm. you know if you can feel if you you know we you use a diagram you're a circle and if you thought, if I, in that circle, I, I filled it with what I can do, what I love to do. Yeah. Well, you want that circle ideally to be, you know, three quarters filled with what I love to do. And then you've got, obviously we got stuff we can do. And I think leaders figure that out, Troy. Yeah. Uh, I think a part of it is their passion. What do you love to do? And I go back to, you know, God puts that instills it in us. And here I was this guy, young man, really lost bro. I mean, you know that, I mean, confused, no direction, And then God just took all that and just put it into a passion of the kingdom. And so I would say on leadership, you've got to really figure out, you know, what are you passionate about? And that doesn't mean you're not going to struggle and have, you know, some days wake up and say, man, this is real hard and what am I doing this? But ultimately, where you're at, you're saying, this is who I am. I love doing this. And so I think passion. Um, The other couple of things I put on there that you've really got to learn quickly, uh, the idea of disciplines yeah. you, know, you got to learn how to manage yourself and that's one thing it's interesting troy when i grew up you know again craziness but i had a lot of street smarts yeah uh, in other words you know i had to learn quickly hey how do you how do you survive here and make this happen and and so you take that and you flip it around completely so now you're loving the lord and nothing changes i still need to put that passion and disciplines yeah you know be very you know disciplined i i, I think that's I'd put that on the top top of the list too.
0: So what's missing? Let's do a follow-up then. What do you think is missing in what you're noticing in, well, and let's go specific to youth leaders you're seeing today. What are you seeing missing today in some of those who are trying to lead youth ministries?
2: Well, you know, it, it goes to, you know, if you go to the idea of just being a healthy student ministry you know you have all that strategic side i think one thing that's missing troy that leaders need to understand is you've got to let students own the ministry Mm. and I, i think that's slipping a little bit and when they own the ministry i'm talking about from the idea of sharing their faith the idea of not just putting a title on them and putting them in some club i'm talking about really teaching students that God wants to use them right now on the campus they're at with the gifts they have. And I think some of that is missing. It, it's, it, they, they're skipping over the understanding of how powerful and, and how much um, really keen impact a young person can have in their own families, on their campus, in their lives. So I think that's one thing. Yeah. Um, and that leads into the sharing of faith. Um, the I'm hearing that pastors are saying that when they really try to sort out what is being measured, Troy, yeah. there's a lot of confusion on, you know, with their, you know, you know, you're a senior pastor, you have a youth, you know, the guy's wondering, hey, what are you measuring me on? What do I do? And sometimes that's really confusing. Yeah. Uh, I would say the pastors haven't clarified, hey, this is the measuring, the measuring mark of what we're about. And so at least all kinds of different difficulties. Right. right? right.
0: So is there something that you could share with us? I mean, uh, the watchers and listeners around, uh, we talk a lot about our stories have shaped kind of how we lead. So I think you're right. How you grew up, you you are street smart. Um, but that converted into being spiritually smart about your own life and self-aware, but failures often can lead to great learnings and however detailed you want to be. But is there, is there a, leadership fail in your life you remember that goes, gosh, I learned so much out of that. I'm sure there's several. If you need help, I'll help you with a few. Um, no, I'm just joking. I'm joking.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, Troy, the one thing that was that God used in my life when he, when, when he, the transformation happened was really understanding how to speak to students and being real with them, mm. telling them the truth. But I think I look back and, and I think tr- a truth teller is very important, you know, speaking truth into a young person's life. But I would say probably what I did, I probably should have had more grace in speaking that.
0: Hmm.
2: So, like a truth and grace kind of thing, instead of just, you know, truth. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I, I would have probably adjusted, you know, as I matured, started realizing you could say something but say it a little different than I said it at that time. Um, so i think that would have been more
0: effective i've been on yeah. the receiving side of that truth <laughs> i was just gonna
1: ask so uh <laughs> can we dig for some troy murphy dirt like, like yeah. do you have anything you can share publicly
2: yeah well i tell you ryan this is no kidding he he mentioned being in that room when actually i gave a vision of building a roller coaster and it's just had to imagine what a roller coaster could be and it was just crazy that sound and then flip that over to say hey why God? God has everything we need to to, to take that dream and put it in the kingdom. You know, let's dream for what the kingdom do. And Troy was one of those young men at that time that all of a sudden he just got it. Um, and so you know, you talk about the dirt side, but first I would just say that young that, at a young age, that dude was a worker and um, very creative. And so when I had a chance to invest in his life in those early years, again, I was a football coach. I was, on the, I was actually got called up from, he made the all-star team. I was actually uh, coaching a JV team at that time. They called me up to the varsity team. And listen, you guys, I remember Ryan, here, here's when I first met Roy. He uh, uh, met Troy. He has, a Mohawk. He, has he, a Mohawk. he dyed it the color of the school colors. Nice. And we went, we went to this all-star game and they had this parade for us. So they're doing this parade for the football guys and we're doing something for to help children. It was kind of a cool thing. But during this parade, I'm sitting there with the rest of the coaches and I'm getting to know the team. And all of a sudden I look and I see someone's hanging on the back of this fire truck, just hanging on the back of the fire truck, mohawk, waving at the crowds. And it was Murphy. Murphy jumps on the back of this truck.
1: Wait a minute, I'm traumatized. You, you just said he had a mohawk. I I, well, I I can't reconcile that with our current condition. That just,
2: That's right and it was dyed the school color. And I don't know what those were now I can't remember red and something red and gold yeah were you like called know. the
1: buzz or what like like
0: no whatever. i actually was told it, uh, that i couldn't ride because they didn't want to traumatize a small town in Cambria way up in like northern california and they just said and even Mike, the head football coach mike playson said no you can't ride you, you i don't want you on the fire engine <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's not, that's not being honest about who we are. So yeah. I just, I let them see who we are.
2: That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Right, that's what
2: I, that's, that's, that kind of led me. I knew I immediately liked that kid and thought, man, you get, you get that guy on fire for Christ. So, exactly. Yeah. I was
1: just going to say sometimes leaders, I'm sure you recognize this. If, the, if everybody's always doing the same thing over and over and over again, uh, progress doesn't happen. Sometimes we need people who will buck the trends and, and, uh, be a little different and so you recognize that i guess what was it about him because maybe there's somebody watching um maybe there's a, a young troy out there somewhere w- what led you what was the secret sauce you saw in him and 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 how would you encourage others to recognize that it factor mm. that you're, you know you're if, lead you're, if
2: you can teach and again you remember now he's a you know high school kid but you know, trying to figure things out. That's why I love what I do. I think we all need coaching and mentors. And to all our listeners, I mean, I'm not talking about kids. I'm talking about in our own lives. You need a mentor right. in your life. And you need to be mentoring others. Well, I think at that time what Troy really had, he had influence. And every person has influence It's in just how – and I think back to my own life. I was a leader leading the wrong way. But that influence, you know, was there. And then to take in that, so Troy had influence. I mean, you can imagine, again, back to the fact of hanging under this fire truck and doing everything, but he was doing, he was being real, and that did attract people. with uh, an So I think that was one of the pieces that I knew that he had influence. Um, and also, he wanted, this could probably come from some brokenness, you can ask him, just like we all had, but he wanted to win. He wanted to, He wanted to prove that he could do something. And that can be unhealthy, but when you put the right motives in front of you to the kingdom, that turns into impact. And so that, that's what, a couple of quick things I saw in you.
0: You know, it's funny because my, in my counseling, and I just did some, my wife and I did some work, oh gosh, over a month ago in Nashville. But one of the things just learning more and more is, um, you know, my father was narcissist narcissist to, to almost sociopath which they can't feel. And so when you have that, you're, as a kid, you're so longing. It's like a, they, they say trauma is either a fire or a drought. It's either an event or it's something withheld. And what was withheld was just a male in my life affirming, hey, you, you're okay, you're, you can do this. So I joined the Marine Corps probably more for just, I'm going to prove I can do this. But I think football coaching... Uh, I, I had never played sports until I got into really junior high and high school. And so even putting on pads as a freshman, I had never played, but you know, when the coach says, Murphy, go hit that guy. And I have no sense of like how to do that. I just ran full speed into him. I had so much anger and then they go, great job. Mm. Oh, that was, that was like fuel. Mm. Cause I couldn't believe that it was just like, oh, I feel so good. Someone actually loves me. I know that's a bit distorted. Yeah. So, what the counselor told me is very interesting. He said, actually, God does bring some things in your life that are actually not as damaging. You know what I'm saying? Like Bo said, it, he, he used that energy in, in a good direction. Right. So, yes, he was performing in sports and then eventually became performing in youth ministry or in ministry. I think God started to distill that and purify that over time. I mean, now at 57, I think I'm still shedding some of that longing to be loved, but gosh, it's like an ongoing journey. But I do think I'm probably getting back to passion. I just, there's something about passion. I think they say that um, for traveling speakers that are the most successful in the country, you only need like two or three talks. It's funny to to make a lot of money um, mm-hmm. if anybody wants a like a business plan there. Mm-hmm. But they say the the key the it factor is passion. If you don't believe what you're talking about, and I know, Bo, you always believe what you're talking about, and and that was compelling. Yeah, I you could because I think I could smell. Oh, this is not this guy's BS. Sure. He's not telling us the truth.
2: Yeah, and Troy, that gave back. I think students all have that kind of meter. Yeah, and today, if you can be real and you know tell your story, be honest, but challenging, like it comes back. Yeah. And you know what? We're driven, Troy, right? You are, I am, and that can yeah. be unhealthy. But I love the fact of what God takes. You know, what is yeah. it? Romans eight You know, if you have the gift of leadership, lead with diligence. Mm-hmm. Well, what is you know diligence means persistence, right? Yeah. Go, yeah. yeah. Well, you take that same drive and put it towards a goal like the kingdom, and then become healthy. That's, come on, that workout gets, gets it done. Yeah. And it's not just, you know, it's not not a bad thing. You've taken, yeah. Yeah, I've got a gift, let's win. Yeah. You know, so I love that. That's love how God transforms our lives.
0: So what would you say to young, how do you find a mentor? Let's that's go a good that question. Road. Yeah. How do you find a mentor? Because that's a weird thing. Like, hey, will you mentor me? And I'm sure you have some stories of you as you're just, talking about, Bo, and I know you've done that. You find them for yourself, but maybe coach us a little bit, do a little coaching, get back into your coaching shorts there and tell us, how do we find mentors? How do we do that? You no,
2: know, it, it starts, it, it, you know, it really does start with prayer. And I'm thinking if you're a Christ follower, listening to this, and um, if you're not, to say, God, put, I need some direction in my life. But I think it starts with prayer, Troy. And then it really is being, I keep using the word intentional, but that is so important, is that you look around and say, you know, I, I see a quality in this, young, this person's life, and I'm not even talking about high school student. I'm talking about young adults all the way down. And then you approach them. And you listen, if I went up, Ryan, if I went up to you and, and first thing I said, hey, Ryan, will you mentor me? That'd probably blow you away a little bit. Like, no, I don't, you know, I'm not going to mentor you. <laughs> like, what does that really mean? Yeah. But if I said, hey, would, would you, you know, talk to me a few, a few minutes, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you probably say, yes, let's have a cup of coffee. Um, and then in that time of saying, hey, Ryan, I need some advice here. Afterwards, I would just think, Troy, talking about how do you find a mentor? I'd ask you again, can we meet in a few weeks? Can I have a few more questions for you? And, you know, hopefully the person says yes, and they say, no, that's okay. Just move on. But they go, sure. And they look at their schedule. That second meeting, here's the deal, to find a mentor. I have to come ready. So I need to lead the agenda of saying, Troy, I need advice on my marriage. Mm -hmm. Troy, I need advice on picking a school. You know, or I am having a lot of anxiety or fears, whatever it may be, could you assist me? Well, then that person sees that you are ready, you want advice, because if you, you, don't look for a mentor if you don't want to hear advice, right? You know the whole saying, "Don't ask for advice; if you don't want to follow it." Right. That doesn't mean that everything someone says to you, you do it. But you need to be ready, open for counsel. So I say prayer. Find find a couple of men and women that you see qualities, Christ-like qualities. They can invest in you, whether that's leadership, whether you want to be a better husband or or mom or father. You know, all of it. Businessman, you seek out someone and say, "Hey, can you have a cup of coffee with me?" And then after that couple of meetings, you say, could we, would you consider doing this with me monthly for a period of time? Pretty simple. Yeah. And I think you'd be surprised. Most people, if you pick and come ready, most people will invest that 30, 40 minutes in your life over a cup of coffee. And then, and then that leads to, that can lead to wonderful things like a lifetime journey. I'm looking at, I'm being interviewed by the pastor uh, Here I was, what, 17 years old.
0: Yeah, Nicole. Well,
1: and you two have a great – it seems like obviously a very great relationship. Let me flip the scenario. So let's say – I'm going to call him little Troy. Little Troy doesn't do the work, and little Troy shows up with you, and, and, and he, he doesn't do that. And you find yourself like Troy's giving his mentor all the right words, but Troy's not doing the work. Mm-hmm. How do you – I'm not going to use this word, but I am. How do you fire – this pr- prospective mentee who is saying all the right things but doing absolutely nothing with what
2: Ryan, that's a great question. Listen, you know, you 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 claim that, you know, young Troy. I like that little Troy. Little Troy. Young Troy. Little Troy. Don't,
0: don't say that too much because that was what my counselor <laughs> talked about, the emotional me that's not developed. And so it's you super right, you just said that I'm,
1: a- I'm so sorry. I- anyway. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But
2: Ryan, you know, if you're talking to a young person. You know, you want to, like I said, that gets back to that leadership of telling the truth with grace. But I think it's absolutely appropriate. If they're not doing the work. If I said Brian, let's have breakfast, and you didn't show up, you know, well, I show that's some a pretty rough start. start. Yeah, I show some grace and say, hey, well, what happened? You know, let me give you okay. Let's do this again. But if if there was a pattern where you just weren't available, well, then I'd just tell you. You know, I'd just say Ryan. I, you know, if you approached me or I, I saw there was something in you that we that can work out. And if you don't show up, how can I do that? I would just say, you're not ready, buddy. You know, you, you, so I, that's a young person. Um, someone, you know, adult wise, um, we we use this phrase, speak the last 10% of truth. I'd show that person what a mentor is about. And it'd say, I'd say, Ryan, I'm going to speak some truth to you in love. You know, you're, you asked for me to be a part of your life. It doesn't seem like you're, this is not a fair exchange here. You're not coming back. You don't really desire that. There's something missing. And I'd speak truth to you and it may hurt a little bit. And I'd say, Hey, go pray about that. But if you, you want to come back ready to go, let's do this.
0: You know, it's funny. Um, (laughs) just laughing because I know so much about this, uh, Bo's energy towards us. So I remember between the lines, we used to do this, uh, we had all these interns at Willow Creek and so it's called between. Think, didn't we meet at five or five 30 in the morning? Oh my gosh. If you didn't show or you were late. Oh, it, it was,
1: was I, it coach? Bo? It, I
0: think there wasn't as much to say counseling culture was not as predominant back then coach Bo, but there was definitely a lot of shaming. There might've been some counseling for some of those people afterwards because it was like, Hey, we speaking truth to you. You were late. You let us all down. I Go mean, do was, some push-ups. Oh, gosh. It was yeah. like you weren't late. And, you know, Willow was a lot like that. Willow had a very corporate culture. In fact, um, if you were late to a staff meeting, they would stop. T- they would lock the door at the top of the hour, whatever that time was. And then they'd open it, like, 15 minutes later. And So if you had, like, 15 people, <laughs> it, it was, like, it, the lock the of shame people. is like... Oh, man. It's like you had that dog cone on your head, like you were just in shame. You were... You totally felt that. I, I do want to say though, I think he. Bo, you mentioned a couple of things that are really kind of cool to just remembering. I've always said Bo gets so excited and passionate, he makes up words. He doesn't even realize it, and they're brilliant. Like he made up the word slogo, slogan, and logo, which I think we should market that. He could be a wealthy man. Yeah. yeah. Um, but one he he used, and I don't know if you stole that, Bo, some, from somewhere, but. I remember learning it and I still use it today. We talk about accountability. Accountability is funny because it's always like, Hey, will you hold me accountable? Um, so I don't have sex with my girlfriend when we were in high school, you know? And it would be like, it would be like trying to find a needle in the haystack. You'd ask, you'd have to ask that person a hundred question, how'd it go? You know, and you realize, wait, the responsibility is not for me to find it. It's for you to show up. I think it's kind of what you're saying. Reveal your ten percent that you're not telling. So it's he called it I ability, not accountability. I need to show up and, and be vulnerable and honest about that. That was brilliant. I mean, I don't even know if it's a word. It's not a phrase, but it's it's stuck to accountability puts undue pressure and responsibility and over functioning on the person doing that. It's not my responsibility to keep you psyched. No, it's
1: their responsibility right. to manage
0: their freedoms. Right. And right. account
1: that's for right. your ability,
0: not your disability. Yeah.
1: You know, and you more.
2: guys, you know, what's you know, for the listener out there too, you know, it's like, yeah, that's not easy because you've been burned before. And I'm talking on the adults, even young people. You know, it's like I'm going to share some truth with you. And then all of a sudden the person takes that truth and doesn't manage it well. And so I'm never gonna, you know, I got trust issues. And so it's like, I'm not gonna trust you with this. No way. Troy keeps telling me to go to counseling. It's like, no way. <laughs> but yeah, 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 yeah. I'm about yeah, to ask but, him
0: a counseling question in a minute. Get oh, Here, we go. here but, we go.
2: But seriously, guys, what's really important is that, that I ability, people want to be known. Everyone listening to this podcast wants to be known and loved. And once you have, once the trust is in the bank, of the person that's mentoring you and you know that they're they're coaching you with love and grace they're not judging you you don't want to tell the truth yeah. because the enemy kicks your tail in that lie yeah so you're walking around people want to be free yeah and nice. so if you so i think as a mentor you've got to make sure you provide a safe place and i think safe place is drawn out by being truthful with grace
0: well, I love, Bo, what you're doing and what you've done. Obviously, pointing into my life, I thank you all the time for that, both publicly and privately. But I do love what you're doing, and uh, it seems like people move on in church leadership from youth. And I-, I will just confess that was one of the saddest days of my journey. I felt a calling to go to the adult uh, part of it because I was so tired of the adults being so dead um, spiritually. So it was me trying to do high school ministry with adults, but I, I'm so, um, not just proud to have been poured in, uh, by you into my life, but also I'm excited that you still do that for youth pastors and leaders around the country. So I guess, tell us a little bit about, um, how does someone find lead to 22 and yeah, I'm sure there's a lot out there hearing, Oh my gosh, I'm not doing well, really and needing someone to trust? How do they get in touch with you?
2: Yeah, thanks, Troy. You know, really the best way is just lead, L-E-A-D, 222.com, and the 22 stands for that second Timothy, but lead222.com is our ministry. Or they can just go directly to me, Bo at lead222.com, Bo at lead222.com. And then, you know, I can share more about if you're looking for a mentor, especially if you guys are listening, and, you know, from, from the idea from your own church and youth pastors that want to be connected or uh, we'd love to help uh, in any way we can, lead222.com.
0: So I'm, I'm going to close with one more story because I just think it's great to have some of these stories. So Bo was like, he wasn't writing his own curriculum and he would get stuff for us and go, all right, we're going to memorize this. And we memorized discipleship evangelism. I think it was out of uh, Campus yep. Crusade, Bill Bright. So it's like if you were to die today and go to heaven and stand before God, and He were to say to you, "Why should I let you in my heaven?" It's the whole thing with the cue cards, and we memorize this. Yeah, hey, remember, Troy, who did who did, who came to the who came to Christ in the mall? I know. I'm going to share that story. So Bo decides, okay, we memorize it. And we feel so good about it. So this is like a small group of probably about 20 of us, and we're just pumped. And uh, Bo announces, "Hey, all right, we're going to jump on the van. Oh, where are we going?" we're going to the mall. Now, at this point, the Glendale Galleria is one of the first like indoor mall things I think around Southern California is massive and it was beautiful. So, we're going to the mall to share our faith. <sighs> it was like, "What? What is he doing now?" This is like, and you know, he's got passion energy. "Come on, man, we can do this." And so we're all going out and sure enough, uh, Bo and I find this kid. He's dressed really interesting. He, uh, African-American kid and real bright colors. And we walk up and kind of start sharing this whole discipleship evangelism and we're into it. This guy accepts Christ. He is the electric bugaloo from that old school, like first rapping dance, like movies ever. Like he's famous. We, I I couldn't believe that. Wow. That I will say, it was these kind of moments of pushing us into uncomfortable spaces that I think is the beautiful part of growth. And so, man, I cheerlead that you still do that today. You push, you push, you push. But it's that secret sauce that you have, and you've used it well, my friend.
2: Oh, thanks, Troy. Appreciate you, too, brother. Very proud of you. Like taking, I'd let tell the listeners again the benefit on this side of my age of being a part of this. It's just tremendous what God does. I look at your life, Troy, and all that you are doing, and how you've taken all your gifts and horrible yeah, job, bro. I love you, dude. Just mm. um, wish I could tell Brian. Later on, we'll get a cup of coffee. And I'll I'll tell you the real story of Murphy.
1: Yeah. I want I want the 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 unplugged version. I don't you okay. know, don't hold
0: back. Bring it. Later
2: um, on, have to tell you about the almost riot he caused in the hockey uh, ring. Because he brought all these crazy people in our youth ministry. That's pretty interesting.
1: Tore I'm down sure skin. we have. I, I grew up a PK, so I would, uh, I've would. i actually leaked this out publicly. But, you know, it wouldn't be beyond the realm of possibility that a kid whose dad was a pastor at First Baptist Houston in the 80s, he did just happen to moon a congregation on their Christmas Eve pageant. This there did happen. Go. It goes down in lore of uh, Texas history. It's, it's not in the Alamo, but it's close. So wait, it was Baptist church? Yes, that's uh, why sources close to me indicate <laughs> that a young pastor's kid at First Baptist Church Houston in the 1980s moved oh, the a thing. congregation at their Christmas Eve rehearsal.
0: Yeah, well, they're coming to get you now. Yeah. They're to get you so, now. Not
1: that that ever, you know, traumatized anyone. Anyway.
0: Well, thanks, you guys, for listening. Thanks, Bo, and there'll be it's stuff pleasure, in the show notes yeah. and comments uh, about... Uh, lead to 22 and ways you can be a part of uh, Lead Wisco. So thank you. Stay tuned. Like, comment, share.
1: Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening today. We hope you learned from Bo on how to combine your passion with discipline and I ability to create kingdom impact. We also hope you were encouraged to reach out and find leaders who could mentor you. If this episode was helpful to you, we'd be so grateful if you subscribed or followed us, left us a review, or shared our podcast with someone you think may benefit from it. If you're looking for more leadership content, check out our social media. We post snippets of these episodes, leadership development resources, and more. If there's someone you think would be a great guest for us to talk to, message us on social media or send us an email at leadwisco at gbcc.me. Thanks for listening.